Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. My next door neighbor was murdered. In 2020, I was in the second year of graduate school. Even before the pandemic, many of the classes were online instead of in person. Normally, this was not a problem, but since my parents lived in a rural area, I had to commute to use the school's internet for my schoolwork. When C-pandemic hit, all of my tests had to be taken online, and the literal 3MBPS my parents got on their satellite internet connection would not be good enough to help me with my schoolwork. If my university were to lock down and send the students home, I would have had to withdraw for a semester. Since this was not an option, I began searching for apartments in the smaller college town. After a short search, I was surprised to find an opening at a student complex three miles from campus. Not having any options, I signed a lease and moved in the next week. 
Eventually, my predictions came true, and the university locked down. I felt extremely lucky to have one of the few coveted spaces in town. Even as I walked into the office to get my keys, there were literally people crying on the steps. Did they know someone with sea flu? Did they have a bad home life? I thought. I genuinely felt bad for them, whatever their situation. I thought I had dodged a bullet. Little did I know things were about to take a turn for the worse, fast. The apartment was very poor quality, but it was the cheapest rent in town. It was all my stipend could cover, so I was happy to have it. However, the lack of a security deposit and the ability to pay your rent up front meant that, unfortunately, desperate people started to move in. About five months into lockdown, there seemed to be very few students left living there, and many of the remaining residents seemed to be in their thirties or later. I heard a lot of rumors about drug dealing going on in the complex, but wrote it off because every college except Bayou and Liberty has a large weed culture. Eventually, however, people started to find syringes in the landscaping and the gravity of the situation became more obvious. Rumors continued to circulate, but I wrote them off. That was until one summer afternoon when I riding home on my bike from Whataburger. My apartment was in one of the rear buildings of the complex, so I had to ride through the parking lot to get to my door. As I pulled through, I noticed four or five police vans parked in front of the building. It looked like a massive drug bust, so I called my friend Mike over to come take a look at the situation. He lived across from me, so it was a quick walk for him to come over. We watched the commotion from my balcony for an hour, speculating on what it could be. We both agreed that one of the dealers probably was busted and was on his way to prison. That was until we saw men in dress shirts and ties walking out of the complex wearing surgical gloves. We saw on the news the next day that the man living in that apartment was murdered in broad daylight after walking out of his apartment. Supposedly he was shot while exiting and died on the way to the hospital. We never found out why, and I don't think the police ever caught the person who did it. I don't know if they had a suspect. All I know is that I was glad I was out when all of this was going on. At the very least, I could have witnessed something that would have scarred me for life. I've since moved into another, nicer complex in the city and don't have to worry about such things. Back in our grad school days, my roommate and I rented the top two floors of a three-story house. The renters on the first floor were a quiet couple the wife was always gardening and would wave or say good morning, but the husband was pretty standoffish. We were planning a garage sale, and since it was a shared backyard, had alerted the wife about two weeks beforehand. She assured us there was no problem, wished us luck, and we thought nothing more of it. The morning of the garage sale, maybe a couple hours after we started, the husband walks out on the back porch and proceeds to lose his shit, screaming that we were not to do any activity in the shared space without his express knowledge and permission. I told him we had already spoken with his wife, and if they had communication issues, that was their problem, not mine. Furthermore, they were also renting, and nothing in the lease required mutual agreement to use the shared space, so he was welcome to F right off. About an hour later, the same neighbor walks into the backyard from the side entrance where customers would enter. It took me a moment to realize it was him, because he had changed clothes, restyled his hair, and put on glasses. He starts browsing, asking me about whatever crap we were selling, and makes no mention of his previous outburst. 
Then he asks if there was anything else we needed to bring down from the second floor. I told him no, it was all here. He starts to get anxious, glancing up at our balcony and back down, going, I'm sure there's more stuff. You should just let me up there and see what I can bring down. I tell him there is no reason for him to go up there. Now he's wringing his hands and almost whining. Just let me see. I know you've got more up there. Again told him there was no way he was entering my home. We actively avoided him after that creepy day, but where he had previously been standoffish, from then on he actively sought us out. Usually when we were bringing in groceries or coming back from work. Always wheedling to get up into our apartment. Creeper next door. This was last night. I was standing near my driveway, watching my daughter play and my next door neighbor pulled up in his parking spot. I haven't really spoken with him, maybe a hi and bye here and there. He seems fairly normal, 50s, not unattractive. I just know that a woman and a 20-something guy live there as well. After introductions we chatted about nothing much. He did tell me several times that if I ever needed help around the house, he was a bit of a handyman. He knew I was single, but I didn't think much of it. He also kept saying that my six-year-old was a doll. He then popped a steel reserve, which I've been told is some kind of hobo beer. We finished our convo and parted ways. Me and the kid went inside for dinner. While it was cooking, I went to the patio on the back of the house to smoke. As a visual, we share a wall in our condos and have similar patios on the backs of our homes. You can't see your neighbors through the wooden dividers. While my daughter and I were out back, I can hear him on his patio. You can only see each other by leaning over the balcony. He strains to look over and can now see us. He told me about a conversation that I had several months ago. I guess he likes to listen to my phone calls. Weirdo. He said that he had heard me telling someone that I was going to ask my ex to help mount the TV and help me out with other things. The neighbor almost insisted that he come by to help and that he could fix anything. We keep talking for a bit, even though I already knew he was of questionable character. He was also really concerned about the rings on my fingers. He also tells me that he just signed a two-year lease. He still kept saying that my daughter is a doll. Here's where it became gross. This dude keeps insisting that he can mount a TV, change a garbage disposal, etc. Then I see him put his hands up to his face, kind of like horse blinders. He then tells me he wants to get in between them thighs with his tongue out. Initially, I thought I heard him wrong. I did not. Once I realized it, and he was asking if I heard him, I was shutting down that shit. I gotta live by this mother f for another two years. Definitely told everyone I know, just in case. Lived in a three-story walk-up, top floor. Woman in the unit below me was in her early fifties, divorced, had a teenage daughter who came around very rarely. She was a mild hoarder from what I could tell. There was the inner stairwell in the building, but also a stairwell on the outside of the building that was more like a balcony with stairs between each level designed as a fire escape. She pulled the fire alarm one night at 3 a.m. because she saw ghosts. Regularly made eyes towards me, which was a little creepy in itself but nothing prepared me for this last part. Came home wasted one night somewhere around 2.30 a.m. Realize I'd lost my smokes somewhere along the way, and I'm craving hard for one before bed. 
No stores within a reasonable distance in sight and lady downstairs is a smoker. Bingo. I remember her light being on as I went upstairs a few moments earlier. I head down, nightcap beer in hand and see she's sitting on her computer just on the other side of the balcony door. I knock lightly and she leers around the monitor to see my face, just a minute please, and she opens the door. I explain my predicament and she says, oh for sure, hold on a second. She comes back a minute later wearing the same nightgown she was in before, only this time without a bra she'd clearly taken it off and at the same time turned her headlights on. She offers up the smoke and says, anything else you need, it sucks being drunk and not having a cigarette. And that's when I realized what was going on. Spoiler, did not hit it. Every now and then afterwards, I along with likely most of the other neighbors would hear her getting herself off. That was disturbing. Moved shortly after. I was unloading my groceries one day when my next door neighbor called out to me to come over which was a normal thing. It was around lunchtime and they usually asked me to come over for some food and to hang out for a little bit. Let's call them Maria and John. We're a married couple. She was in her mid-thirties and him in his mid-fifties. They were always very kind to me and I enjoyed hanging out at their house. They had a young daughter who loved playing with my son so I was over there quite avid. John also had two of his own sons who were my age and regularly helped fix my car. I dropped off the groceries in the house and decided to make my way over. I let myself in as I usually did and sat down on the couch, but something seemed off. The house was abnormally quiet. I couldn't hear the kids or the boys, so I just sat there and waited. John came out from the hallway and smiled at me. He was an overweight man twice my size. I asked him where Maria and the kids were, and he told me they were out. I started feeling uncomfortable, but I thought this man wouldn't do anything he once told me. He saw me as his daughter, so I stayed and had a chat with him. It was all fine until he asked me if I liked Asian food. I said yes, and he asked if I'd like to go get some sometime. I asked if he meant with the family, and he said, no, just me and you. He was sitting uncomfortably close, and I tried to wiggle away slowly. He smelt heavily of tabaku and sweat. I said I'd go if he brought Maria. He then proceeded to tell me she was too busy with the kids and that he wanted to have fun and she didn't have time for him. He said he'd take care of me. Mind you, I was a recently single mother and my partner moved out so he knew I was alone. He pulled out some cash around $500 and tried to hand it to me. I know it's hard to raise a baby by yourself. I've got a lot of money. I can help you. You just have to have some fun with me. I knew exactly what fun meant. I could definitely tell by the way he looked down my top when he asked. I declined and tried to act natural. I had texted my friend to call me previously and she did. I snatched up my phone and answered it excusing myself and telling John I needed to go. I ran straight for my house and shut the door. When I went back out to my car after calming down, I really had thought he was going to trap me there. John was sitting out the front. He watched me intently as I walked to my car. Don't tell Maria about our talk. It's between me and you, he insists with this little smirk on his face. I am truly harfied to this day that this man I felt safe with tried to buy me. That he did this to his wife and tried to take advantage of a young single mother. I really liked that family, but I never went back there.
Soon after that, I moved out. So me female 13 live in an apartment building with my female 40 mom. My mom is married but separated. Before her and her husband separated, we lived in an apartment down the street, and we had a neighbor who I'll name him. M would constantly make my mom feel uncomfortable. For example, when my mom would get home and do laundry, she would put on her lazy bra. He happened to also be in the laundry room. He was talking to her and nudging her as some people do when making jokes and talking. But he was constantly nudging her around her top area, which made her uncomfortable. So fast forward five years, they separate, and we move down the street. Come to find out he lives right next to us. When my mom would leave out of our apartment, so would he and pretend to go get the mail. The first couple times seemed as a coincidence. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. But it just kept happening. So about two weeks ago, we were going somewhere and my mom had to pick me up from home. She had to go inside for a moment, and I was ready to go so we just swapped keys. I'm waiting in the car sitting on driver's side on foot with my cousin. He pulls up and is starting at me so I make sure the doors are locked. So he gets out and I see him in the mirrors walking up to the car. I ignored him, but then he knocks on the window. He started talking, but I don't know what he said because I didn't roll the windows down. I was so scared I stayed on the phone until my mom came out. I haven't seen him since, but I've kept my pocket knife on me when I'm alone since. On behalf of creepy neighbors everywhere, I resent the implications in this thread. Oh sure, you high and mighty Redditors want to look down your noses at us, just because we kidnap cats, stare into your windows at all hours of the night, and have toilets in our front yards. But what about all the good we do? Oh no, people never talk about that. No one ever mentions the Creepy Neighbor Neighborhood Watch Initiative. Did you know that since 1996, the Creepy Neighborhood Neighborhood Watch Initiative has been credited with reducing crime in Bay County, Florida, but 12%? No? Didn't think so. Or how about DeSoto County, Florida's bi-monthly Creep Neighbor Blood Drive DCBC NBD for short? For seven years, the DCBC NBD has held our blood drive in Ray's mother's garage, and we've collected, on average, 24 pints for the Red Cross. Maybe if your majesties would deign to get off Reddit and walk around your neighborhoods, you'd see things like the Creepy Neighbor Campaign to End Child Homelessness. Based in Polk County, Florida, the CNCECH has helped over 17 homeless youths get off the streets by providing them with comfortable pallets Rob's basement. As of 2016, the CNCECH is proud to say that all of the CNCECH alumni to date have overcome their problems and become productive members of society, and that the molestation allegations against Rob have been thrown out of court on a technicality. 
so the next time you see a creepy neighbor looking through your trash for discarded clothing to smell, don't poo-poo them. Take some time to consider what that neighbor might be doing in their spare time and what they contribute to your block. I'm on night shift tonight, so I figured I'd finally type this out. It's been ongoing for a few weeks, but seems to be over. I hope at least. So I'm between places to live right now. My old apartment got condemned, so I 24 female am splitting time between my brother's house and my boyfriend's house while I'm finding an apartment. Unfortunately, we're in a hardcore housing crisis down here right now, so it's taking longer than I'd like. So my boyfriend has only been living here for a couple of months. He shares a yard with his neighbors, which is rented out by the same landlord. The neighbors gave me no bad impressions at first. It's a husband, a wife, a daughter, and somebody whose relation to the family was never made clear to me. He's a guy, though, mid-40s. So the first thing that kind of got me thinking was the fact that their bedroom activities could be heard. Loudly. Anytime they were in the bedroom and we were outside, we could clearly hear everything. This wasn't a hug bother, though. One night, around midnight, we could hear a chainsaw being used inside of their house, accompanied by screams. My boyfriend had the brilliant idea to go over there, but I convinced him that we just call the police. I don't know what the outcome of that was, but the next day we saw all of them at one point or another, and nobody seemed to have been hurt. The next thing I found to be strange was when the wife had come outside as I was leaving for work. She was wearing nothing but sweatpants. To make it clear, I saw titties. She just carried on doing what she was doing. The next thing, which seemed to be the final straw for my boyfriend, was when he and I were trying to sleep, they randomly started stomping on the floor inside of their house and started chanting. Not sure what they were saying, if anything at all, but he was getting restless. The next day, he went over to the husband and told them that they needed to keep it down. Both he and his wife were confused and played dumb. My boyfriend jumped to the conclusion that they were on drugs, and I won't lie, so did I but they argued profusely that they didn't do that. The verbal altercation lasted a few minutes before my boyfriend simply told them to stay on their side of the yard and to stay quiet. This lasted for a whole day before the wife had come outside, wearing nothing but a sports bra and sleep shorts, and fell asleep by their fire pit. I'm a nurse by trade, so I went to see if she was okay and found that she wasn't breathing. I called 911. An ambulance came and got her, along with two of the others, who were all unconscious inside of the house. I had remembered after all of this was settled that my boyfriend had said once upon meeting them that the wife had mentioned that all of their windows were unopenable. They had suffered from carbon monoxide poisoning. None of them passed during the ordeal, thankfully. All three survived, but I haven't seen them since and I doubt that they'll be back in the house. I guess what I'm trying to say is, be safe and make sure that your house is up to code before moving in. We are currently in the process of having his house checked, just to be on the safe side. I'm a 32-year-old female, but this story happened when I was 13 years old. One night, I was at my friend Kate's house. Her house was in a not-so-safe neighborhood, not far from our middle school. Kate's mom was a single parent, and she was working late, so it was just the two of us. However, her mom had filled the house with lots of junk food, and let us watch as many movies as we wanted on demand. 
since it was still daytime, we decided to take a walk down to the pond and the park, which was only a couple of blocks away from her house. On our way back, when we were only one or two houses away, a car came up behind us. I didn't know who this person was, but my friend did. She said it was her neighbor Andy, who lived right next door. Andy, as far as I can remember, looked much older, maybe in his early fifties. He had a sort of grayish beard and always wore a baseball cap. I didn't feel good about the way he smiled at us, even though I was just a thirteen-year-old girl. I didn't know this stranger, and I was surprised that my friend shared so much with him. Maybe she knew him better. Andy spoke in a quiet voice and said, Hey, Kate, I noticed your mom's car isn't in the driveway, so I guess she's working late again, right? Kate, being her usual friendly self and not realizing anything was off, replied, Yep, she's doing the late shift, so it's just us in the house tonight. Andy gave that same weird smile and said, All right, you girls have fun with your sleepover and try not to get into too much trouble tonight. Then he slowly drove past us and parked his car in his own driveway. When we walked up the driveway to Kate's house, we noticed that Andy was still looking at us as he went into his own home. Once we got inside, I asked Kate about her neighbor because he made me feel uneasy. Kate agreed that he was a bit creepy, but she didn't think he was a danger. Kate was the type who trusted people easily and was carefree, while I was more cautious and kind of a goody-goody. So we made a pizza, gathered snacks, watched some movies, and chatted with our friends online. Later, it was close to midnight, maybe even 1am, but Kate's mom still wasn't back home. We were starting to drift off to sleep in our sleeping bags in the living room. The TV was on, playing a scary movie in the background. All of a sudden, Kate muted the TV and spoke quietly. She said, I think I saw the motion detection light in her backyard go on and off. She then carefully got up to check out the window that looked over their backyard. I walked over quietly and asked if she saw anything. She didn't see anything at first, but after a while, we saw the light come on again. We did our best to see outside, but it was tough. Kate decided to go down to their basement to see if she could get a better look through one of the windows down there. We walked down the basement stairs, being careful not to trip in the darkness. We didn't want to turn on the lights just in case someone or something outside could see us. It was strange to see Kate taking things so seriously because she was usually the more relaxed friend. Maybe all those scary movies were making us both extra jumpy. In the basement, there was a big window next to a door on the far side. The motion detection light turned on again, and some light came through the window, letting us see a bit in the small basement. Suddenly, we heard the door that led to the backyard and the basement start to shake. We both got a big fright and let out screams. The window on the door had blinds covering it, so we couldn't see who was trying to open the door, but we knew someone was trying to get inside. Thankfully, the door was locked with a deadbolt, but still, we were very scared. Kate spotted a baseball bat on the sofa and slowly moved closer to the door. I whispered to her that we should leave and maybe call her mom or the police, but Kate carefully lifted a corner of the blinds on the door's window. The person on the other side was still trying to open the door. Kate pulled up the blinds and guess who we saw. It was her neighbor Andy. We both screamed when we saw him. Andy raised his hands and said, Whoa, it's okay girls. I didn't mean to scare you. I just wanted to make sure you're safe. It's really late and I thought I saw someone in your yard. 
Kate and I exchanged worried glances, then looked at Andy. There was something creepy and scary in his eyes, so we both felt he was lying. We knew he was the one trying to break into Kate's house. Kate told him to leave or she'd call the police. Andy just stared at us and said he wanted to make sure we were safe since he knew we were home alone. He reached for the doorknob again and wanted us to unlock the deadbolt. I grabbed Kate's arm and told her to dial 911 right away. I yelled that we were calling the police immediately and he better leave. Andy glared at us, then stepped back from the door. He quickly looked to the right, then turned and ran to his backyard. Kate and I rushed upstairs, and that's when her mom came into the house. She asked us why we were in the basement, and we both quickly told her what had happened with Andy. Kate's mom was surprised, but didn't think calling the police would help because Andy hadn't actually broken in or harmed us. Kate and I were both really scared and wanted her mom to call the police to report him but she kept saying that the police probably couldn't do much. Luckily, I didn't run into Andy again during the few more times I visited Kate's house. Not too long after, Kate and her mom moved away. I don't know what Andy wanted or what he was planning that night, but I'm very thankful we didn't have to find out. This was about nine years ago when I was still in college. One day I was driving home, and I was about to turn onto my street. I saw a black truck parked off to the side of the street perpendicular to my street. Across from my house is a park, but it was empty. I saw my neighbor's eight-year-old daughter playing outside on their driveway. As I passed the truck, for some reason, I had the urge to look at who was in it, and it was a man in his 40s. He was looking directly at the little girl next door, and he wasn't taking his eyes off her. I had a sick feeling about him. I turned into my street, turned around and parked opposite my house where I usually park. I looked at the guy again and there he was, still staring at that girl. I took out my phone and took a picture of him in his truck. I kept my phone out as I got out of the car. Looking directly at him, I put the phone to my ear pretending to call someone and walked across the street towards my neighbor's house. I looked at the creepy guy the whole time. All of a sudden, I hear his car rev up, and he peels out really fast. I immediately told the little girl to go inside. I did not know my neighbors at the time. We never really talked much, but the little girl listened and went inside. I was about to call the cops, but my mom unexpectedly called me. I told her the scenario, and she kept trying to tell me to leave it alone and not call the cops. She said not to involve myself. This pissed me off. Side note. I grew up with parents that try to avoid trouble, and that includes not calling the cops when you witness something. I am the exact opposite. If I would want a witness to come forward to help me when I'm in trouble, I'll sure as hell do exactly that for others. Plus, I couldn't live with myself if someone else got hurt because I kept my mouth shut. I hung up on her and called the cops. I gave all the information I could. I wish I had done things differently, like check his license plate as I drove by, and I wish I called the cops from my parked car, so creepy guy would still be there when they arrived. Anyway, I'm glad the little girl was safe in the end. The neighbors and I became friends after that until I moved away. Don't be like my parents, people. Do the right thing.